0: Thank <music> you. Welcome to the H2P Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. We are talking, of course, pit football on this show. We will be for the considerable time being until uh, we get some more pit basketball news because it's... Pit training camp, pit football training camp, and they're going through that now. Pit basketball, you know, there's some uh, there's rumors that they're they're getting closer, and maybe some four star guys and recruiting, uh, you know, making some of their top eights and top four lists. We'll see how that plays out. I won't uh, get your hopes up like I did with Efton Reed over the summer. But uh, let's get into some more pit football talk here. Now, one group that you know we talked last week about replacing was the defensive front. And how strong those guys are. But. We also got to talk about that secondary. Because there's a lot of guys being replaced there as well. Jason Pinnock. DeMar Hamlin. Paris Ford. All guys. Who had been leaders in the locker room. Had been top players on the field. Gone to the NFL. Now they do retain one. Uh, one super senior in Damari Mathis who ha- got injured last year and was able to come back anyways, even without the eligibility waiver. But behind him, there's a lot of guys that we've seen the faces of, but we haven't seen start for a whole season. Now, last year we got to see A.J. Woods and Marquise Williams duke it out at the cornerback position. I, I like both of them. I think Marquise is more of an electric playmaker be, uh, electric playmaker. when you see him, how quick he turns on the spot of a dime. but I think A.J. Woods is the more pure cornerback because of his size. Marquise Williams is a little bit shorter, would be really good in the slot, and really good moving around, but A.J. Woods, a guy, I mean, here's the thing, both of these guys have the mentalities you want at pit cornerback, because the Panthers, with the way that, that Pat Nardese plays his defense, they... They basically put you on islands, and hey, that's part of what wins them some of their competition is that guys say, I want to play on an island. It's why I came to Pitt, was to prove that I could be in the toughest situation as a cornerback, and then show to the world that I could survive in that tough situation so that then NFL teams will want me. And that worked for Jason Pinnock. I mean, a lot. if you were talking all last year, most people would not have uh, pegged Pinnock as a fifth-round pick the way that he was for the Jets. Just because of, you got Rashad Weaver, you got Patrick Jones, Jalen Twyman, even though he sat out, and Paris Ford. and Like, there was all the other guys that were talked about. Jason Pinnock was on the back of the list. He had a strong pro day with Pitt, and I think that really helped him boost it. But when you look at his tape, you're like, well, wait a second. That guy, I mean, there, sure, there were some times he got beat, but there were plenty of times he was being the man by himself, locking it down or at least making it extremely difficult to beat him down his sideline. And that's where you look at these cornerbacks. Now, Mathis will surely play a role, so it's going to be more of Demari uh it's going to be more of Marquise Williams and AJ Woods battling out, but I wouldn't di- uh, exclude Rashad Battle, no pun intended, with the battle it out metaphor. But I do see that this being an interesting cornerback situation with who fights it out at that position because they need to find guys who aren't afraid of those challenges. You know, they need to find guys who when you when you lock horns with guys who are presented as the best receivers in the ACC or even college football, you need to be ready to go at it. You know, Tutu Atwell for uh for Louisville last year. Big presence coming into that game, and they were able to block horns with him and, and 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 keep it keep him contained, you know. And they went up against Clemson last year. Clemson every year just they just have receivers on receivers on receivers. They are a wide receiver U right now, and have been for some time. But when you go up against those guys, you know you got to bring your A game as a cornerback, and you got to be ready for when you get beat. Shake it off. Get back into the mix and make make the next play. And some people may think, "Oh man, you just shake it off. That's easy." No, it's not. Because when you get beat like that, man, you feel it. The crowd cheers or boos, depending on if you're at home or away. The the receiver talks all sorts of smack to you. You see that the chains move and everyone moves, and you're thinking, "Dang, that's on me. I gave that up." And it takes a lot for a person to understand, yeah, there's there's gravity there. Moving on from it and getting to the next play doesn't mean that you don't recognize the gravity of the situation. It means that you're big enough that you realize, hey, that was a heavy situation, but my team needs me. And I got to be able to win the next situation. And that's something that is tough to find as a mentality. to, And not just do that, but, then, but be a top level while you're doing that. Now again, I'm very intrigued to see how these guys do this this, this next year. I, I wrote a film piece on you know looking at both Marquise Williams and AJ. Woods over the past year. You can go to DKPittsburghSports.com um, and read over my year of coverage of last year pit football. but you know I was really impressed by how these guys fought. You know, Marquise Williams had a very impressive interception against Miami. That I thought turned, you know, you know, gave Pitt a chance in that game when they shouldn't have had a chance because they had Joey Yellen at quarterback, and Miami was playing very well that at that point. But I thought A.J. Woods also had several plays where he duked it out with some tough receivers. R- Rode step for step with guys, made life hard on him. And the thing is that you need guys like those to who have that mentality. And, and this is one thing I think could could do go where, very well for Pitt. And it may not even show itself in this year that much. But with the experience that those young guys got in A.J. Woods and Marquise Williams. Marquez Williams. I keep calling him Marquise. It's Marquez. Get get yourself together, Carter. Jeez. It's definitely Marquez, even though it's spelled Marquise. <laughs> Try to get myself an out there. <laughs> but um, in all seriousness, A.J. Woods and Marquez Williams, two guys who um, who have, are coming in with experience, been through some wars, got some battle scars, and are ready to go get some more and dish out some of their own to the quarterbacks that they'll be intercepting this year. Now, I'm going to say that we may come to a point this season where you see those guys out there a bunch. Together, even. Because Demari Mathis won't be able to save you all the time. I, I think there could be some times that they do some rotation and get those guys out there. But I also think it could be very possible that you see a little bit more of Rashad Battle this year. A guy who a lot of people were excited about last year, very young, came in, everyone's excited to see him. Didn't play much, but you know, shows some promise. They'll be working his way in there. And if, and if that mentality sticks around, I've been saying for years, a key to Narduzzi's defenses, that if he can get these two things, they will be nigh unstoppable with the way that he recruits. And that's two dogs at cornerback. Because if you got two guys shutting it down on the outside, the way that they play, you know, they put those guys on islands, then the rest of the defense is cake because they're bringing pressure. they stuff in the run. They, they got that part stuff down. They, they're aggressive. They get those two on the outside. Everything else is going to be gravy. I'm not done talking about this. I want to talk more about this cornerback situation and the safeties, because that's really the part of the secondary. I think is going to boom this year. More on the HDP podcast right after this. back here on the H2P Podcast. I'm your host Chris Carter here at DKPittsburghSports.com You can always listen to this show on our platforms on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or anywhere podcasts are hosted. Be sure to rate us five stars with a positive comment uh, because that stuff really helps out. Not just this show at H2P, but also the DK's Daily Shots, uh, the Lolly Carter Steelers Podcast, the We Are Podcast, the Pirates Podcast, be named later, 66 to 87, all the great shows, and just a little heads up, we're going to have a lot more independent shows, new shows, with new hosts and new personalities coming your way very soon going to be led by the master eddie provident who is our uh wonderful multimedia uh editor i almost said manager i don't eddie if, if you're listening to this and and i said your name your your, your your title wrong i apologize eddie i apologize i believe you're the, the multimedia editor um either way y'all know him he's eddie provident y'all know i love that guy he, he's the new guy on the team that's gonna be managing a lot of this stuff we got a lot of great content coming way. but okay enough about eddie enough about multimedia let's get back to pit i look at this pit team and i say man where's the energy gonna come from where's the swagger gonna come from because last year like when they beat up on Jeez, whoever that poor team was, they beat like fifty-five to nothing in Week One last year. I can't even remember their names right now because Austin P. There we go. I had to think about it. I had to, I had to go by like, okay, this team. Didn't, no, 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 no. That that team. When they went and they went and beat up on that team, Paris Ford came out wearing sunglasses after that game. That's the swagger that I'm talking about. That when they do well. Who's the energy that the rest of the team feeds off of? That's like, hey, I want to be the next guy that does that. I want to be the next contributor. I want to step up and make the big play. And I truly think it could be the same position. Because I think Brandon Hill is that energy. When I talk to Brandon Hill, first of all, I mean, if again, I've talked about him on this podcast several times already. When he when he had that pick six against the Seminoles, that basically ended the game and Got a huge road win for Pitt down in Tallahassee. That was such a great moment for him. A great moment for Pitt, too. And I think it was a coming-into-himself moment. Because don't forget, you know, with the way that that season worked out, I believe Georgia Tech was supposed to be the week before. They had a, a, a game postponed because Georgia Tech had a COVID situation. They were coming off, like, four straight losses. To NC State, Boston College, uh, Miami, and then Notre Dame. And they, they needed to snap that and get back into winning form. And Brandon Hill was the guy that made that play. When I talked to Brandon Hill in training camp, he told me he was getting five picks. He, or at least five turnovers. That was his number for himself. He wants five. And he also told me it was funny. I I I had talks with both him and Desmond Alexander, so there's a little bit pressure on me because they they tasked me with something. They said, "Hey, we're, we're you know we're doing the turnover hoop this year." And listen, I know some people don't like this stuff, but these kid these are kids. They're having fun with it. This is all part of the game. I I like it when people are creative. And the turnover chain with Miami, I thought that was one of the coolest things. Was you wear the turnover chain for like a couple couple plays after you make that interception or force that fumble, recover that fumble. And then you get back out there on your next possession. You go make some more plays. I thought that was cool. And then everybody had to turn over everything. Some people carried stuff. Some people wear it other turnover things. But I thought the dunk was unique. Because it's a celebration on your own sideline. You can't be flagged for it. And everybody. And if you know sports. Even if you don't know sports. You know what a dunk is. And you know that the dunk is one of the coolest things in all the sports. Like I threw it down. And so being able to do that on your own sideline and when your whole team is hyping you up, it, it's a cool energy boost type thing. And I like it. But what I've been tasked with, whether by Brandon Hill and by Deslin Alexander, because I asked both of them, how many terminal, how many times y'all dunked in the turnover hoop this year? I think Deslin said six and Brandon Hill said five. Modest numbers. <laughs> but um, they both was like, hey, we need someone to score us. Who's going to have the best dunk throughout the year? And I'm like, whoa, whoa. Whoa, that's that's a lot of pressure. So now I got it. You tell me I got to come to uh, to Heinz Field, sit in the press box with these note cards, and hold up a note card that says like you know eight point seven. I mean I'll do it. (laughs) I will definitely do it. I will I will bring that's going to be my my task for myself. I'm going to bring some index cards and a black sharpie, and I'll put it up. And I guess I'll have to put it you know just take the snap the picture and post it up on Twitter. And be like, that's how I grade such and such as dunk. I'll see if I can keep up with that. And then we'll see We'll see if that'll be something fun to keep up with on the H2P podcast as the season goes along. Because one thing's for sure. Narduzzi's defense, they get beat for big plays. That happens. It's the nature of the beast when you're an aggressive defense. But they create turnovers. And they led the ACC in interceptions last year. Now I want to get back to Brandon Hill because again, this this podcast is about the secondary. But Brandon Hill comes across to me like a young leader that gets what he gets. It when I, when I was talking to him, like you know, there's some guys that are just like, "Yeah, I'm a man, whatever. I don't need to be here. I just that wasn't him though. He's like, "Hey man, like I know I got it this year, and I know I want to be the guy that leads us this year. But I I, I got it. I got work to do, and I'm excited to do it." And that's the mentality I get from this guy. And he it, and it really comes across as like a sincere, like, hey, I can, you know, I'm part of something special here. And I learned from people who were special. And he also told me it was exciting to be able to see, um, you know, Paris and DeMar and Jason all go to the NFL. Because then it signs him like, man, if I do it right here, I can make it. I can do the thing that I've trained my entire life for a dream just to have a shot at, professional football. I should also say watch out for MJ Devonshire. They still haven't figured out his role just yet. The transfer who was at who was from Aliquippa, went to went to Kentucky but transferred back to Pitt uh back in the I want to say the late winter early spring. It's going to take time to figure him out crazy athlete but i think they just need a spot to figure out like where's he going to be most efficient is it safety as a free-ranging guy is it cornerback with pure speed i think he'll be where you'll see him the most actually will be the return game that's where he's going to probably specialize at specialize at but with brandon hill i i think he has the potential to be the soul of the secondary if he can be the the hype man the playmaker the communicator because DeMar Hamlin, one thing he left, but DeMar Hamlin wasn't the ultimate intercept, interception machine, right? But he was the ultimate communicator and the leader. He, he coordinated. He put everyone on the same page. He was a guy that you really, you, you love to be around. Now, Brandon Hill's not alone because Eric Hallett, I, I feel ashamed that I have only, it took me 16 minutes into this podcast to mention his name. But Eric Hallett, is a versatile player who played corner and safety last year and looked very good, and I think him pairing with Hill is perfect. I, I Eric, Halleck, you know, maybe I'm wrong, maybe I just haven't heard him yet, but I haven't heard him talk a whole lot, and I haven't heard him be the exciting guy. And sometimes you need those 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 quiet guys with those loud guys, right? You know, you think back to you know the Steelers defense of the 2000s. That you know there were guys who were quiet and there were guys who were loud. Troy Polamalu never said nothing. Joey, Joey Porter always said stuff. And I get the sense that Brandon Hill might be, you know, the Joey Porter. And I'm not saying Eric Halley is anything like Trey Polamalu, but in the sense that he's a quiet, contributing playmaker, that's where he comes in in that chemistry and that secondary. And again, he can help out in different spots. And you still have veterans like Judson Tallender who, you know, could help at either corner or safety. We've heard from Pat Narduzzi that he's versatile at both. But to me, a big difference this year needs to be they need to have a consistent presence in the, at the safety's position that makes plays on the ball, can change a game around on a dime, and gets the team excited. And that guy just might be Brandon Hill. And he's still a young guy. I'd anticipate even if he has a strong year, he'd want to come back for one more year. And that might be the biggest benefit to these Pitt Panthers. If they can get some leaders to step up this year and be more playmakers... And then those guys stick around for another year or two. That's the establishment of culture. What I've been saying all along with Pat Narduzzi and what needs to happen with the Pit Panthers. If you want to see Pitt football thrive, if you want to see this program finally dig itself out, of out from being mediocre and getting six wins, seven wins, and a good year being eight wins, it takes the building of the culture people buying into what they're saying. And like I said with Izzy Khan in last week's podcast, buying into what the coaches are teaching. I get the sense that Brandon Hill is bought in and he believes in himself and he carries himself with swagger. Those are bigger steps than most people realize because it takes a lot to do all those things, especially as a D- Division One athlete. Now the next step will be for him putting it all together and producing on the field and dealing with the highs and the lows that it takes Being a Division I safety, defensive back, especially in the ACC with all the talent that's in that conference. But we will keep you apprised of that right here on the H2P Podcast and on DKPittsburghSports.com. I'm Chris Carter, your H2P host here also covering Pitt football, and basketball for you here on DKPittsburghSports.com. Thanks so much for listening to the HTP 2 p Podcast. Uh, subscribe, subscribe to our website. Subscribe to our podcasting platforms. We're on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, anywhere podcasts are hosted. Um, Also, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Carter Critiques for all my takes on Pitt. And, of course, your Pittsburgh Steelers and other things, all things Pittsburgh sports and general sports and just life in general because I'm a fun guy on Twitter. Again, thanks for listening to the show. Rate us five stars with a positive comment It helps out not just this show but every show on the DKPittsburghSports.com platform. I'll be back in the ears very soon with more on your Pitt Panthers on the H2P Podcast.